0: Now, I want to move our attention this morning to the situation with COVID-19 and our roadmap to reopening. Um, the warning or the note of caution that we heard yesterday at the NEFID briefing uh, was pretty uh, definitive. Let's take a listen to the Chief Medical Officer, Dr Tony Holohan.
1: And the vaccination programme is continuing at pace and we're increasing the portion of people who are being vaccinated uh, on a daily basis. Uh, in broad terms, you could characterise it as the skies. is in for the most part, blue, but there is a black cloud on the horizon, which is the Indian variant. We are concerned genuinely about the reports we're seeing and the credibility we attach to them around the increased transmissibility associated with that particular variant. And we are also going to see data published today, and you you may be aware of this, uh, the Public Health England are going to publish data today, which is raising the possibility uh, of effectiveness of the vaccine, particularly after first dose being reduced in preventing transmission. And we need to see and study that data a little bit more before we're able to fully uh, understand its implications but this is only underscoring our concern about this particular uh, variant the most concerning one i think that we've had since we saw the original emergence of the b117 variant at around the turn of the year uh, and we'll have all that in mind as we come to consider when we meet as neffet during the course of the next coming week uh, advice that we may provide the government around the next stage of easing of restrictions and so on
0: that was the Chief Medical Officer Dr Tony Holohan speaking at the NEFID briefing yesterday evening. Well for more on the situation in the UK I'm joined on the line now by Dr Zubeda Hack who's a member of the UK's Independent Scientific Advisory Group for Emergencies which is better known as Independent SAGE. But Zubeda, good morning to you, thanks so much for being with us. Good morning Susan. Um, you might bring us up to date on the new variant and uh, how it is affecting things in the UK at the minute.
2: Well, the new variant, the B one six so so-called Indian variant, is extremely concerning, Susan. We know that it's spreading extremely fast. It's rough, roughly doubling every week. And actually, in the last two weeks, um, it's been tripling to some extent. It's become established in a wide number of areas, you know, areas like, you know, Bolton, Blackburn with Darwin, Bedford, um, you know, Derbyshire, Cambridge, it's across the country. And I know, of course, that you now have cases in Ireland as well. Um, And within a month, I mean, within a month, it's gone to, you know, it's gone into the thousands. We now have approximately 3,000 confirmed cases. And, Mm. And as I mentioned, those are just the ones we know about. But it is extremely worrying, because as your CMO has said, it really is a black cloud in the horizon, because there's so much that we don't yet know for sure about it. Yeah, um, it we, ha- a lot of- yeah we have
0: 72 mm-hmm. cases uh, confirmed here in Ireland at the minute, but that new data from Public Health England, uh, Zubeda, um, on the variant, we heard uh, the CMO, Dr. Tony Holhan, mention it there. It, 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 do we have more information on that in terms of its effectiveness with the vaccine, you know, the transmissibility levels? What's the latest on that?
2: Well, this is a bit of a problem because at the moment, It does feel like the government are playing politics with the so-called Indian variant rather than being open and transparent and truthful with the public about where we are. And we've seen a lot of those games, sort of political games and finger pointing and scapegoating this week by Matt Hancock, the health secretary. But, But quite honestly, the reality is this, which is that we've got emerging data all the time but it's not conclusive data. It's not incontrovertible data. But you know, we don't know at the moment to what extent, you know, to how transmissible it is. The latest we heard that it's it's about fifty percent more transmissible than the B one one mm. seven so called Kent variant. Um, but that's extremely worrying because, quite frankly, if it's uh, if it's as um, if it's fifty percent um, more transmissible. even even if the vaccines were effective with the so-called Indian variant. Um, SAGE recently told us that we could still expect hospitalisation surges at the same level as January. And if it's more transmissible than 50%, then we should be extremely concerned. Now, as you may know, we've got a bit of a race here in England between the vaccination rollout and and the spread of of the so-called Indian variant. But frankly, that's just not enough. You know, vaccination is going to take a while. The latest we heard from SAGE papers yesterday was that, um, you know, it is quite transmissible. We shouldn't wait for incontrovertible evidence because, um, frankly, that might be too late. So we are in this race at the moment. But I think what really concerns us on independent sage, Susan, is we're just not being precautionary
0: enough yeah like i mean the uk is in full reopen mode now you know pretty much um people are moving around obviously there's a lot of um you know not social distancing people are are kind of getting back to normal and i think the view is because the vaccine is being rolled out that once that's there um I, i suppose it's putting all all our eggs into one basket
2: Yes. And of course, there is some evidence now, as we've just heard from your CMO, Tony Hall, that, you know, that there is some some evidence um, that it may escape um, some of the vaccines after one dose in the sense that, you know, people who have been vaccinated after one dose may still transmit this particular variant. So it just seems so reckless, so foolish and dangerous for Our governments to proceed with reopening on this scale you know why haven't one of the worst things you can do for this virus for you know for for, the coronavirus generally is to um, sort of have allow indoor mixing as though there are no constraints at all because we know approximately 97 percent of transmission happens indoors now we could have stopped at you know the stage two of the roadmap where people were allowed to mix outdoors, but they were still encouraged to do social distancing, still encouraged to wear their mask. I mean, in England we've dispensed with masks in schools, in secondary schools. Now, given this new there's some evidence to suggest from India that this so-called Indian variant, the B1617.2, affects younger people um, in particular. That was the most reckless thing mm. to do. And that should be reinstated immediately.
0: Talk to me a bit more about it affecting young people in the sense that I know big communities in, in, in Bolton, in Blackburn. Uh, there are parts mm. of London as well where there are children as young as 10, but into that teenage age group up until 19, that they're been very badly hit by this variant.
2: Yes. I mean, there's so many school outbreaks. Once again, it feels like Public Health England aren't being totally open and transparent about those outbreaks, how many children are affected. Um, And it is widespread, as you say, it's widespread across the country. Now, just to sort of reassure your listeners, at the moment, it doesn't appear as though, you know, it's, it's it's causing severe disease. Among young people, and we know young people are slightly more resilient, but that's not the only concern with young people. With young people, we have to think about long COVID. Mm. We know that seven to eight percent of primary um, children have long COVID, and actually, it's it's much higher for secondary school children, age children, it's around approximately 12 to 15 percent. And we don't know what the implications of you know, long COVID are for the long term, but on top of that, we have to remember. Schools are not in a vacuum. Children can bring the virus home. And in fact, they do. You know, we've we've seen evidence from the Office of, Office of National Statistics, which shows that children are the first source to bring home the virus. virus They're significantly more likely to bring home the virus than adults. So we really need to act fast. Vaccination is not enough. It's not the only
0: answer. Can I ask you, as we mentioned there, there's 72 cases here in Ireland and we Mm. did have sort of that very much of a a genuine concern being expressed last night at our, our latest NEFID briefing. But what could we learn from the situation in the UK or what should we be taking from what's happened there for, you know, our journey over the next couple of weeks? We are due to reopen in a bigger fashion over the next sort of over June and July. But I guess we need to learn, I suppose, from your experience. Um,
2: well, yes, hopefully. and and please, please do. I think the first thing that needs to happen is 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 um, really, you need to think about authorities need to think about um pulling back some of the sort of restrictions that they've allowed to go ahead. So, as I've mentioned, indoor mixing, you know is is not advisable given that at the moment we don't know how how um, transmissible this variant is it certainly looks very transmissible so i would limit indoor mixing immediately i would if they've taken away school masks in, in secondary schools i would reinstate that immediately locally The areas that have been affected, I think, like Limerick, need all the data. We've had problems with test and trace, national test and trace data not being shared with the local areas that have been affected here. They need all the data so they can identify the clusters and immediately do surge testing um, and, if necessary, surge vaccination in those areas You know, we we need to think about the borders. You know, um, it's not. It's just. It's so foolish right now. It's so reckless to encourage international leisure travel. Of course, some people need to travel, but international leisure travel right now should not be encouraged because you know this variant came from India and we weren't expecting it to come from India. India wasn't on the red list. Mm. It took months to get it. On the red list. So we need to do all of those things. Um, and actually, it should be seen as a national problem, not as a local problem, because what we've learned from the UK is that it spreads extremely fast. We're constantly behind the curve. So it's better to have national action rather than lo- local action.
0: OK, Dr Zubeda Hakka, member of the UK's Independent Scientific Advisory Group for Emergencies, taking us up to date on the situation with the so-called Indian variant in the UK.